Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I had a friend in Boston named Caleb who was a very worldly sort of person. He loved to travel all over the world. It seemed like he spent more time on other continents than he really did in Boston. I used to wonder how he funded this, these adventures. Uh, but I loved to hear his stories when he got back about all the places he had traveled. He'd been to Africa, South America, Asia. It was really amazing how many places he was able to go. Of all the places he went, there was one that seemed to particularly stand out for him, had a big impact on him, which was Ethiopia. He visited Ethiopia and saw ancient churches there. Some of the oldest churches in Christianity, in fact, are in Ethiopia. And he was telling me of this church that's actually carved out of the rock of a mountain. Very beautiful place. So he went on a tour there. There was the tour guide, a young man like himself. Took him through the church, told him all about it. And he felt a connection to this tour guide, so he ended up hanging out with him that day and getting to know him a little better. Later in the day, after all the other tourists had left, the tour guide said, I want to show you something. So he took him down underground into these underground tunnels, which were completely dark, no light. And he guided him through these tunnels. Caleb couldn't see a thing. So he was just holding on to the guide's hand, who was taking him through these tunnels. And he says he doesn't know how long it was, but it seemed like a really long time they were down there. You can imagine this would be pretty scary. You can't see anything, you're underground. You would really have to trust this person who's guiding you through these tunnels. And so he was trying to just breathe and stay relaxed about the situation. But there was a moment when suddenly he felt really anxious, like the fear came over him. He couldn't see anything. And he said the very next moment the guide brought him around this corner and then he could see the light up ahead. He guided him out back above grounds. And he said when he got back above grounds, he had this profound feeling about the place. The church, his surroundings, everything kind of looked more special to him. He had been profoundly impacted by this experience. Our gospel reading today is one of my favorite scriptures about Jesus. The transfiguration. And I think that our whole Christian faith in some ways encapsulated in this story. First of all, the build-up to Jesus taking these disciples up on the mountain. Of course, these disciples have been following Jesus from the beginning. And really, they gave up everything to follow Jesus. Their jobs, their lives, everything that they knew, they let go of it. You can imagine they really had to trust Jesus to walk into this uncertainty of the future and give up everything that they knew to be secure. It was a bit like walking into darkness, I imagine, and trusting the person who's guiding you. So they've been following Jesus. Jesus has been healing people, preaching. All these amazing things are starting to happen. So this buzz is gathering around Jesus. People are starting to talk about him. So just before this transfiguration, he asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? They said, well, some people say you're Elijah, who's come back. Some people say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Messiah of God. So this happens right before he takes them up on the mountain. So that journey up on the mountain really begins with a faith statement. Jesus is the Messiah. So then he picks a few disciples, three of them, 
takes them up to the mountain and prays with them. Now, we can imagine if you read in between the lines in the story, they were praying all night. It says the disciples had to stay awake to see the transfiguration. They had to persevere. As we do in our own faith journeys. And as we think about Lent, I want to reflect a little bit more about that with you. So finally they see the transfiguration. Jesus is transformed in front of them. He's shining bright, bright light just coming forth from him. And they see Moses and Elijah who are talking about his departure, his coming crucifixion. Now this is an amazing story. You can imagine what it was like for the disciples to really experience that. And I want to suggest that this story is not just about Jesus being amazing and being the Messiah. The transfiguration is also intended for us. That is the reward and the promise of walking the Christian journey. We will be transformed when we walk with God. We will be transfigured, as will the world around us. In the epistle reading today, Paul says, we are transformed into the likeness of Christ from glory to glory. So this epiphany, this revelation of who Jesus is on the mountaintop, Jesus is the light of the world, we also become more and more like that as we walk with God. So this is a very amazing and exciting promise for us as Christians. Now I know also in our day-to-day -day lives that sort of thing can seem very far off. The glory of God shining through us, us becoming like Christ. Sometimes that can seem quite elevated while we're down here living out our mundane lives. But I want to suggest to you that transfiguration of ourselves is both easier and harder than it sounds. It's easier because we don't do this of our own power. There's really nothing we can do by ourselves to bring this about. It's Jesus, it's God operating through us who shine God's light and transforms us. The hard thing though is I believe the way this transfiguration happens in ourselves is we have to give ourselves fully to God. C.S. Lewis writes about this brilliantly. He says, Jesus asks you to give him your whole self. Not just parts of yourself. Not just the parts that you like. Oh, that, this, is, this is a good part of me. So you can take this, Jesus. But I want to hide this other part. I'm kind of ashamed of that. Or on the flip side, not just the parts that you don't like. Like, oh, I really need some help with this Jesus, but this other part of my life, I'm doing pretty well with that. I don't need your help over there. C.S. Lewis says, no, Jesus wants your whole self. Everything you think may be good or bad, all of that, the whole package, to give that to God. I don't know about you, but for me, that's kind of a terrifying prospect. In my own life, as I reflect on my journey, there are a whole lot of things in my life that I'm reluctant to give to God. But I believe our message in the scripture this morning is that what we're called to do, as hard as it might be, and we will be transformed in the process. Now millions and millions of Christians have come before us on the same journey, the same walk. And we have the benefit of our tradition to help us know how to get started. Lent starts on Wednesday. And during Lent, we are called to take a self-inventory, to reflect. Okay, maybe I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not completely giving myself to God. But how far away am I? What are the areas of my life that I'm holding on to that I'm trying to control and I'm reluctant to give to God? For me, there are a lot of those areas that I'm trying to work on. But this is what Lent calls us to do, to go deeper in ourselves, in our journey, 
figure out what are the obstacles? How can I shine more of God's light in the world? You know, even Jesus went through this process. Forty days in the wilderness, he fasted. He faced the temptations. To look inside himself at those obstacles that would prevent him from fulfilling his mission and to give those up to God. So we are called to do the same thing. So this Lent, I encourage you to reflect on what sort of practice, what sort of intention is going to move you forward in this journey. So a lot of people during Lent give something up. Chocolate, wine, whatever it is. And that's fine, but I would suggest that if there's not a deeper level of intention about going deeper with God, that can become just an exercise in kind of willpower. I want to prove to myself that I can give up chocolate for seven weeks. Um, what I think what really takes us deeper in this process of transfiguration is the intention behind the practice. How can I offer up more of my life to God? If I'm going to give something up, let me fill that space with God. Another way to observe Lent is to add a practice. Personally, I did this last year during Lent. Uh, I was just thinking about becoming part of the Brotherhood of St. Gregory. You can see the decor here. <laughs> Um, so as I was reflecting on this, I wanted to start doing some of the practices of the Brotherhood, just to kind of try it on. And now the Brothers say the four daily offices every day, the four prayers in the Book of Common Prayer. So I decided for starters, I would just say Compline, the one at the end of the day. I would try to do it every night. Some nights that was easy, other nights I found that kind of difficult. So that was the beginning for me. And I found at the end of Lent that I was really feeling a growth in my spirituality. So instead of saying, oh, Lent's over, I can put that down, I wanted to go deeper and deeper into it. And I want to share just a, a little example of how I feel like this has been transforming me in, in moments in my life. Uh, just about a month ago, I was driving home to Oakland from here, and I hit Berkeley on 580, and if any of you drive to Oakland often, you know that can be a total traffic jam, craziness. So I hit that traffic jam, as I often do, and I could tell there was an accident up the front, so we weren't moving at all. Now, my usual reaction to that situation is to get really stressed out. Ah, I gotta be somewhere. But in this situation, suddenly I just felt this peace come over me. And I noticed it, it was a little bit unusual. And I prayed for the person in the accident. It took me about 30 minutes to move a mile, but at no point did I feel stressed out. Now for me, that was a transfiguration of that situation and of myself. Amen. That same situation, I couldn't control it. I had no control over it. Normally that would have really stressed me out. But I knew in my heart that because I had increased this practice of letting God into my life, giving this time to God in prayer, that in that moment something had shifted inside of me. So I encourage you this Lent to think about the intention behind your practice. And to take up some sort of practice in which you offer more of your life to God. Now that can be challenging, but the challenges let us know those parts of ourselves that we need to work on some more. Now I'm trying to say four prayers a day. Some days it's easy, some days it's really not easy. So I realize how busy I am, how often I'm not thinking about God. It's sort of a mirror that reflects back to me where I am, how far away I am from really giving my whole self to God. So this is the gift of Lent to us. And again, for me, I think the hardest part is giving up my sense of security and control over my life. 
I'm so trained to want to control things so that I feel secure that it's very hard to let go of that. But it's key to remember that we are not on this journey alone. Giving up security, any kind of security, financial security, control over your relationship, whatever it is, can be scary. It can be a bit like walking into the darkness. But as we go through Lent and we look forward to Holy Week, we know that Jesus did this before us. We look forward to Holy Week when Jesus is crucified. Jesus himself walked into the darkness of death on faith to pave the way for all of us. Jesus is there to hold our hand through the darkness of uncertainty and even the darkness of our own death and guide us to the light on the other side. Truly this is a gift to us and this is the way that we may be transformed and transfigured in the light of God and the world around us as well. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G We wish you God's peace and we hope to greet you in person very soon.